We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to respond to a question I received on Facebook from a former student of mine who wanted to know that when I am asked by people such as Glenn Beck and others what colleges I recommend, I only cite three. I'm going to give you my answer on today's show. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening into the show. So today's topic, I'm going to respond to a question that I received from a former student of mine. It was a friendly question. He wasn't being adversarial. In fact, he private messaged me. And he asked me, why do I only cite three colleges and universities when I'm asked what schools I recommend by followers? Or when I'm on a show such as the Glenn Beck Show. Glenn surprised me when he was interviewing me on my second book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. Sidebar, by the way, you can get that book at Amazon.com or any other online bookstore. Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. It's the sequel to Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth, which was the national bestseller. Uh, The publisher wanted a follow-up because daycare is kind of me highlighting the problem. It's a rant, if you will, about cancel culture, the snowflake rebellion, and all of this nonsense about trigger warnings, and you made me feel bad because you challenged me with an idea I don't like. That was not a daycare. And uh, that was a successful book. It was a national bestseller published by Regnery. And they wanted me to write a follow-up. So grow up, life isn't safe, but it's good, builds on the argument of not a daycare and actually presents... Uh, several solutions. It's a book of solutions, how to function like a mature, thoughtful adult in an infantilized world. Life isn't safe, but it's good. Grow up. Okay, so those are the two books. You can get them on Amazon.com. You can get them in any other online bookstore and whatnot. If you want more information on those, go to my website. It's DrEverettPiper.com. D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R.com. All right, enough on that. So today's show is going to answer the question as to why when I'm out writing or speaking and I get asked the question, well, what schools and universities do you recommend? You've bemoaned a problem. We agree with you. We see all this stuff in the news. Our universities are a mess. Our colleges can't be trusted. The ivory tower is crumbling. We're teaching garbage at these institutions. Surely there are a few left that you would recommend, aren't there? And if so, what are they? And I have answered that question. Like I said, Glenn Beck surprised me with that question when he was interviewing me on Grow Up. And I responded, and I gave him three institutions. Three institutions. Only three. In fact, Glenn Beck was surprised when I said that these institutions were the ones I recommended. And he said, only three? And I said, yes, I can only think of three 
that are boldly and forthrightly doing what their missions call upon them to do. So let's take a break. And when I get back, I'm going to share with you those three schools, why I respect them and why I am not mentioning others. I mean, my goodness, the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities is over 120 strong. They all claim to be essentially the same type of institution, evangelical Christian liberal arts institutions. So why am I only citing three? And a couple of them aren't even part of the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities. And why don't I mention any of the institutions that I've either worked for or attended? I have, I have my reasons, and I'm going to share them with you. So when we get back, I'll share with you the three, and then I'm going to tell you why I'm silent on all of the others. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I'll be right back in a couple of minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. So the topic for the day is, okay, Piper, you've been asked repeatedly what schools you recommend, what colleges and universities you would suggest we think about as we're considering where we want to send our sons and daughters. You've answered the question, and you've you've mentioned three institutions. Why the three, and why not others? And it seems conspicuous that you're silent on some that you've been associated with, institutions that you either worked at or received a diploma from. Why aren't you mentioning them? Okay, I'm going to answer that question. And I want to set the context here. I am not trying to play gotcha politics. And in fact, you'll notice that I'm rarely critical of the institutions that I've worked for. I don't go out there and trash them. And there's a reason for that. I think that's Bush League. I think that's Dirty Pool. Unless they do something blatantly unbiblical, immoral, unethical, and stupid. If they did that, I'd call them out on it. And I have to the point of discomfort for some of the folks that I know that still work at these institutions. Friends of mine, people that I respect, I'm trying to be gracious to those folks and not drag them through the mud every day. But I'm also not going to praise those institutions if they're not doing anything noteworthy about the major issues of our time. I treat churches the same way. There are some churches that aren't necessarily preaching anything unbiblical, but they're vanilla. They they are milk toast. They're not addressing the fundamental problems of our time, and because they are silent on the issues that matter, and they're not leading, they're not even addressing. They 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 apparently would uh, prefer to play ostrich and just stick their head in the sand and ignore the storms that are taking place in our culture and in our world, and preach on other things. Uh, I don't respect those churches. I don't respect those preachers. Now, they may not be apostate, they may not be heretics, they may not be compromising scripture, but I really believe in the quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, not to speak is to speak and not to act is to act. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. I think silence screams volumes at times, and the silence coming from our nation's pulpits is deafening. If, for example, you attend a church where the pastor never speaks to the issues of Black Lives Matter and the fact that it is a neo-Marxist movement that explicitly says in its mission statement and its charter that it seeks to queer the nuclear family and dismantle 
patriarchal power structures. In other words, it doesn't believe in the authority of fatherhood, and it believes in queering the nuclear family, that even male and female distinctions and sexual roles need to be changed, dismantled toward now. Now, if your pastor isn't educating you on that, and you're not hearing any of that from your pulpit, then I think your pastor is wrong, and I think his silence is screaming volumes about what he cares about. If your pastor isn't confronting critical race theory and the fact that it is teaching people to judge each other by the color of their skin rather than the content of their character, I think your pastor's silence is wrong. If he's not addressing LGBTQIA nonsense and the dumbing down of the human being to nothing but the sum total of his or her inclinations, that your identity is nothing more than what you're inclined to do, that your very being is defined by your desires, your definition is nothing but the sum total of what you desire to do, your gut, your libido is defining you rather than your Lord. If your pastor isn't confronting those things and educating you, from the pulpit. His silence is screaming volumes. It's deafening. He's, he's tacitly admitting that he doesn't think those things are important enough to deal with in the church, or he's afraid to. He's spineless. He's a coward. Now, I may be upsetting some people right now, but frankly, I don't care. Uh, I'm, I'm not trying to be rude, and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just pointing out what I consider to be obvious. That was Bonhoeffer's point in Nazi Germany. The church, by and large, was silent as Jews were being marched off to Auschwitz to be executed. And Bonhoeffer was saying, look, not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. Silence in the face of this evil is evil itself. God's not going to hold us guiltless. We have to act and we have to speak. And if we don't, our omission is a great sin, perhaps as great a sin as the actual commission of these evil acts themselves. What Bonhoeffer was doing was shining a light on the sin of omission being equal to equal to the sin of commission, and that when you're silent and standing on the sidelines and watching Jews being executed by the millions, you're complicit in that sin. Your silence does not exonerate you. You can't say, well, I didn't do it myself. Well, by watching it and saying nothing, you're guilty of the act itself, is what Bonhoeffer was suggesting. And isn't that true of our spiritual leadership in our country right now? Likewise, our educational leadership, and thus the topic of my show today. So when I'm asked, by Glenn Beck or anybody else. What colleges and universities do you recommend? Piper, we agree with you. We agree the academy is a mess. The ivory tower is crumbling. Uh, we're not sure we even want to send our sons and daughters off to colleges and universities any longer. And in fact, the problem is even bigger than that. It's going into our high schools and even down into our uh, mid-highs and even elementary school level right now. We need to get our kids out of this mess. But where should we sh send them? They still need an education. Uh, so what's your solution? When I've been asked that question, I've mentioned three colleges, and here they are. College of the Ozarks, south of Branson, Missouri. Uh, its acronym is C of O, College of the Ozarks. It's also nicknamed Hard Work U. I recommend them, and I'm going to tell you why in a second. The next school that I've recommended 
is Hillsdale College up in Hillsdale, Michigan. Many of you probably are aware of it. It's the only institution in the nation right now that is totally independent. It doesn't take one dime of federal financial aid or federal money in any shape or form. And it also doesn't take one dime of state money in any shape or form. So it's totally independent. All of the money that Hillsdale College operates on is its own, either through endowment, through fundraising, or through tuition dollars. And therefore, they don't have to do anything anyone else tells them to do. They're totally independent. And the third college and university that I recommend is New St. Andrews University up in Moscow, Idaho. A small school, very small school, but a very solid one. So why do I recommend these three? Well, basically, I've watched them over the years, and they are very true to their mission statements. They have courage, they have spine, and they defy the federal government and culture. When culture tries to push them to the left, they say no. And when the federal government tries to coerce them to do something that's antithetical to their mission statements and their charters, they say, back off. No, we will not do that. They also have the courage to address some of the the terrible ideas that are prevalent in our day, in the daily news, such as CRT, LGBTQIA, social justice warriors, um, BLM, the list goes on and on. They address this stuff. They confront this stuff. They don't drink the Kool-Aid. They just don't go with the flow. And they're not silent. They don't sit on the sidelines and ignore all of this. They actually bring in speakers for a colloquia, for chapel series, and they hire professors and administrators who understand that these ideas are problems and that they need to be confronted and that if they don't speak to these issues, they're complicit in the problem rather than the solution. That's why I recommend these three schools. And they're very different. They're very different schools. For example, New St. Andrews is a classical, liberal, arts, rhetorical type of education. It's very small. They have great professors, and they dig back into the Western traditions. And they make sure that their, their students understand Western civilization, the Reformation, the ideas that have changed our culture, have changed our country, the ideas that have served as the platform for human freedom and for human salvation. It's a very Christian institution. It's very dedicated to its mission statement. And it's not afraid to raise its fist in the face of an a worldview that's antithetical to human freedom, human dignity, the Christian Reformation, a biblical worldview. It's not afraid, New St. Andrews is not afraid to raise its fist in the face of these antithetical movements such as Black Lives Matter and critical race theory and say these things are ridiculous. Here's why. They're broken. They're bad ideas. They're going to lead to bad places. Even in their commercials, just Google New St. Andrews and watch their commercials, and you'll understand what I'm saying. In their commercials, they confront the nonsense of gender-neutral bathrooms, men claiming to be women and appropriating unto themselves all of the facilities and all the rights and privileges that have been earned by women in our civilization, in the United States of America, in the march for suffrage, human dignity, equality for females. Even New St. Andrews in its recruiting material pokes a stick in the eye of 
the LGBTQIA, gender neutrality, trans ideology, and says this is ridiculous. That's not going to go unaddressed at our institution. We believe that women are real and they deserve their own bathrooms and they deserve their own showers. And we're not going to sit back and be silent as men, misogynists, try to steal those things from women. Okay, so that's New St. Andrews. What about College of the Ozarks? College of the Ozarks is very, very patriotic. It believes in America, and it educates its students accordingly. It also is grounded in a Christian ethic, a biblical ethic. And here's another thing about College of the Ozarks. I said it's nicknamed Hard Work You. You can't attend C of O unless you work. All of the students at the College of the Ozarks have to work to pay off their tuition. They can't attend there until, unless they work at the institution. They have to be custodians. They have to clean toilets. They have to serve in the kitchen. They have to clean the dorm. This institution still has its own farm. They have their own cattle. They have their own hogs, and they actually have their own uh, operation to butcher these animals and process them. So you have to work in that facility. They have their own hotel. They have to work there and, and learn what it means to be in the hospitality industry. So even if you're an athlete, you have to work at C, at, at C of O, College of the Ozarks. And C of O isn't afraid to talk about American exceptionalism and why that's important. It's also not afraid to sue the federal government if the federal government... Um, tries to tell CFO to compromise its ideals, its values. For example, this nonsense about the Fed forcing colleges and universities to adopt the trans ideology. CFO has said, no, we're not going to comply. And they are presently suing the federal government and the Biden administration for its efforts, its attempts to try to force colleges and universities to comply with the trans lunacy and forcing a college, for example, to put men in a women's dormitory or to go with gender-neutral bathrooms and showers and whatnot. CFO has said, no, we won't do that. That's crazy. That's nonsense. That degrades our women. It's, uh, it's anti-science. It's anti-ontological reality. It's make-believe. It's pretend, and we're not going to participate in this delusion. So CFO has sued the Biden administration for that. They won't back down. So you can see why I support College of the Ozarks and C of O. How about Hillsdale College? Well, I've already hinted at that. Hillsdale is the only institution in the nation that has had the courage and the spine over the last several decades to say absolutely no to any government money whatsoever. If you qualify for a Pell Grant or a student loan, for example, you can't use it to go to Hillsdale College. And you might say, well, then I won't be able to go there. I mean, I need that financial assistance to attend this institution. I need to write that one off. No, no, no. Hillsdale College has raised hundreds of millions of dollars in endowment funds so that they can replace those dollars with their own. So while you can't use your Pell Grant or a student loan to attend Hillsdale College, you can apply for an endowment, a grant from the institution itself. And they have hundreds of millions of dollars in endowment that allows them to replace that loss of government money that they said no to decades ago. And as the result, Hillsdale College stands alone and proud as the only institution in the country that can thumb its nose 
in the face of these ridiculous mandates from the Biden administration and prior to that, the Obama administration, the Department of Education, the Office of Civil Rights, all of that can be ignored by Hillsdale College because they don't get any money from them anyway, and they don't want it, and they won't take it. Hillsdale College also believes in Western civilization. They honor the legacy of Winston Churchill, for example, and Margaret Thatcher, and Frederick Douglass, and Abraham Lincoln. They honor Western civilization as a good thing rather than a bad thing. And they're not afraid to say that all of these exceptional accomplishments by America and the West are grounded in Christianity, a biblical worldview, that the March for Human Freedom is the march of biblical values across the globe, and that without those biblical values, those Judeo-Christian presuppositions, human beings would not enjoy the freedom that we now enjoy. Hillsdale College is also not afraid to say that socialism is bad and that capitalism is better. Hillsdale College is not afraid to confront the legacy of communism and the fact that it has killed at least 100 million, if not upwards to 200 million, in the last century alone. So these are the three schools that I recommend when I'm asked what colleges and universities you should consider sending your kids to. I said it to Glenn Beck, and I've said it to others. And I've been asked why. Why don't I mention the other schools that I've been associated with? I mean, I worked at Greenville College, a Christian liberal arts university in southern Illinois. I'm a graduate of Spring Arbor University, another Christian liberal arts institution in southern Michigan. I worked at Grace College and Seminary in central north Indiana. I, I've been associated with Roberts Wesleyan College and University in upstate New York. I was president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University here in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. I was a member of the Wesleyan Education Council, which included Houghton College, Indiana Wesleyan University, Oklahoma Wesleyan University, Southern Wesleyan University in South Carolina, and Kingswood University in Canada. My, I, I sent one of my sons to Biola University out on the West Coast. I'd been offered jobs at several universities across the nation, George Fox University, which is in Oregon, Asbury College, which is in Kentucky, etc. So why don't I mention those other institutions? Oh, sidebar, I was a leader within the CCCU, the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities. I was on their student development committee at one time. I was also the president of the Association of Christians in Student Development, which is closely aligned with the CCCU because Almost all of the executives, the vice presidents for student development, the deans of students within the 120-plus institutions that comprise the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities, almost all of those executives are members of ACSD, the Association of Christians and Student Development, and I was the president of that. So why don't I mention any of these other schools? Why am I conspicuously silent on them? Well, here's the answer. Because they are silent on all of these other issues that matter. If, if any of these schools that I've been associated with, got a degree from or worked for, are quiet about Black Lives Matter, for example, and they're not saying anything about critical theory and critical race theory, 
if they're not willing to confront the false science of global warming and climate change, or at least bring a speaker in like Cal Beisner, who's going to challenge the accepted narrative, or how about uh, LGBTQIA? If none of these institutions are willing to bring in someone such as Rosaria Butterfield, who's going to challenge the lies of identifying yourself by your inclinations and suggesting that you can do so biblically, if these schools are quiet about that and they want to stay away from the political issues of homosexuality and sexual identity and trans ideology, and they want to stay away from the politics of climate change and global warming, and they don't want to tackle the contentious issues of our time. If they're silent on those things, then I'm silent about them. If these colleges and universities are saying nothing about the Marxist ideology that serves as the platform for Black Lives Matter, if they're not saying anything about the pro-life, pro-choice debate, if they're not willing to bring in speakers that defend the dignity of the child and the life of the child, if their chapel series don't even touch on these issues, and if I hear that they've had the opportunity to bring in some of these speakers free of charge because someone else was willing to pay for it, which I have heard, even though the institution may not be promoting proactively promoting LGBTQIA, CRT, SJW, BLM nonsense, even though they may not be promoting it proactively, their silence in the face of evil, in my judgment, causes me to wonder whether or not they are complicit in the crime. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. So when I was asked by a former student of mine, why are you silent about institutions such as Spring Arbor University, Roberts Wesleyan College, Greenville College, Asbury University, Biola, George Fox, Indiana Wesleyan University, Houghton College, John Brown University, Oral Roberts University, Oklahoma Baptist, Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Why are you silent about these institutions? Why don't you recommend them when Glenn Beck asks you? My reason is because I'm not hearing anything from them. And because they are silent in the face of these cultural storms, I've chosen to be silent about them. They're... Their silence is screaming volumes about what they care or don't care about. Their silence is just as telling about their priorities as their voice. We have to speak and we have to act. We have to lead. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. And God's not going to hold us guiltless. Now, I'm not going to go Bush League and trash on these institutions other than just tell you why I'm quiet about them. If I'm wrong, great. They can speak up and say, no, we have addressed this stuff. But I follow the educational news pretty closely. And I've noticed a trend in almost all of these institutions. Their trend is silence. Their trend is not courage. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.